2: Hello and welcome to the show. No, it's not swinging from the hips. We're talking rugby tonight. It is our pre-review show for the weekend, and we're going to be looking at the All Blacks. We'll look at a bit of um, Mitre 10 action, and we'll look at the Farah Palmer Cup, I guess, if we have time for everything, um, with the final between Canterbury and Waikato. Uh, We're waiting with Paul to come online. He's just having a few technical difficulties. So uh, rather than keep you guys waiting out there, we thought we'd get things rolling with Steve and myself. How's the, hi Steve, how you doing this evening?
3: Yeah, good. Ashwin, always a privilege to uh, to jump on the show, and obviously a lot to get through. And I suppose while we're waiting for Paul, maybe we should just flip it around and start with of Ten Cups so we can, when he does eventually join us, we can talk a little bit more about that uh, uh, test match in uh, Sydney.
2: Sounds a plan. Mm. Sounds a plan. Well, uh, let's let's start off in um, with our Friday night match, which was. Um, Otago versus Canterbury, uh, Um, Otago playing away and haven't beaten Canterbury for a very long time. And uh, I suppose the result was, though, still, even though, you know, Canterbury, a young side and lo- losing a lot of players, whether to the All Blacks or other, otherwise, um, going down to Otago, how, how did you see that one? I didn't, yeah. just to be clear, I didn't see that I was stuck behind a burning truck on a motorway.
3: Yeah, really crazy. Strange old game this. It was very, very tight and very defence-orientated, especially in the first half. Of course, uh, it was Otago who led by six points to three. So there was a lot of defence, a lot of, excuse me, intent on attack, but some really good scrambled defence from from both sides. But you just felt, even watching the first half, that uh, Otago had the better attack. And if they could hold the last pass, get get a few people into space, they just seemed to have a, a little bit more out, mm. out wide with uh, Jonah Nareki and 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 Croy, out the back, and uh, you know Michael Collins, who is a is a much maligned sort of player, is probably playing the best rugby, um, that I've seen him play probably since, since schoolboy, yeah, maybe yeah, schoolboy, schoolboy, professional level, and he, yeah, and he was well, he well led the side really really well, and we didn't re- we didn't see any try scoring movements, until the second half when C.L. Tompkinson scored. Then we saw Mitchell Drummond hit back with a try. And then we saw Villamoni Kuroi score. Um, Brett Cameron, who came on as a uh, substitute, kept Canterbury in touch with a couple of penalties. But it was uh, Slade McDowell who scored the uh, the winning try in the 71st minute. And that was converted by Josh Iwani for 23 points to 16 victory. And um, they had to defend their hearts out in that last few minutes when Canterbury had, had one more crack. But to my way of thinking... Um, it was a very well deserved win from Otago, and it, it it just seems as though ever since they got beaten in that Shield challenge, looks like they just sort of crawled their way back into um into form, and of course in contention as uh, at this stage in the championship table, taking themselves to the top, which we'll discuss. At the
2: end of the minor ten cup review. Review, yeah. Look, um, interesting. Your your summation is um pretty much bang on to what the um the summary I got from my son the next morning when he was telling me. He says like it, it just felt like Otago were just making errors in that first half um, when they had good opportunities to score. Would that be a fair su- fair comment there?
3: Well, I'm just wondering when we're going to get Aiden on the next
2: show as, uh, as our ex- expert analyst because uh, yeah. oh, he's still got—I think he's still got a couple of years of fine tuning to come. <laughs>
3: no, listen, good way of, uh, yeah, couldn't have probably couldn't have said it better myself. A, a very well, very good win to Otago. Beg your pardon, and for Canterbury, yep. it just puts them under a whole heap of pressure with. Uh, Two premiership games to uh, to go, and they're sitting at the bottom bottom of the, the bottom of the table at this this stage. And those two those two games they've got is uh, Tasman and Auckland. Tasman, Tasman and Auckland. Yeah,
4: mm.
2: Tasman's be, away. Tasman's yeah. away. Auckland's at home, and it's going to be uh, uh, look. Let, let's face it. I mean, if we're looking at doing a bit of crystal ball gazing, they're going to lose to Tasman a, a, in Nelson, um, and then it's going to be uh, a big fired up game for that final round. Um, with them at home trying to stop themselves being relegated. That's the way you see it, especially as we'll talk about this later, um, of Plenty being able to overcome Hawke's Bay, but meaning that they leapfrogged Canterbury up the table. So that means that, yeah, Canterbury's looking at basically a um, sudden death type playoff match to not go get relegated to championship in the final round. Well, very,
3: much, very much so. And listen, the problem that Canterbury have got, if you look at the two teams in front of them, North Harbour have yep. got Counties Manukau at home, and you would expect North Harbour to maybe, despite Counties Manukau coming up with a good win today, and we'll get on to that. But but yep. later, you'll, you'll, you'd expect them to uh, to win that game. And then you um, look at the other team that's just ahead of uh, uh, Canterbury on the table, Bay of Plenty. I think Bay of Plenty have got a reasonable sort of uh, run in as well as I just Bring up I think
2: the... uh, out of the two, um, Bay of Plenty's probably got the hardest uh, run in, um, in terms of you know staying. You know, if we're looking at, um, oh jeez, there we go. So they're yeah. playing Waikato next week. So and that's at uh, in Hamilton, um, and then so then their final game is Bay of Plenty versus Harbour.
3: Harbour at home, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So it's so, it's, yeah. it's actually it's look let's face it it's, it's mouthwatering sort of um, scenario at both ends of the table really isn't it for the premiership oh. Oh. in particular they
3: very very, very very much so Ashwin and of course the team the other team that's uh, right in the hunt uh, in our second game on the weekend on uh, uh, Saturday is uh, uh, Tasman V Wellington I, I probably expected a little bit more from Wellington but those uh, those uh, that game was played in very damp conditions at uh, Jerry Collins Park. They took that out to the out to the suburbs, so it was uh, great to see. But at the end of the day, only a nineteen nineteen uh, three uh, scoreline was the uh, was uh, was the final score, and that was after uh, after Tasman that led by eleven points to to nil in the second half. So Wellington only scoring those three three points in the second half, and their first points didn't come to the sixty sixth minute at Jackson Garden, Bishop. Penalty and uh, in between in between times, just the two two tries in the game to uh, former Auckland Sione Filihaavili, and also we had uh, one of the uh, Tasman locks uh, Sodiriki Devata also scoring a try as well. So just the two tries to victory uh, for Tasman in that game. Not not much more you can really say.
2: No, not, not really. I mean, it said, um, it seems like some of the extra players that the Wellington have lost. To the All Blacks, um, it really seems to be having a bit of an impact on their uh, in their performances.
3: Yeah, listen, we we we, we during the season they're like they've been like a tap hot and hot and cold at Wellington this season. But it just seems yet yeah, they do have a little bit of a hit. obviously missing Diplosey Murphy as well, who's a big part of their their loose forward trio. But in terms of some of the highlights that I did see, scrum was always under pressure and. Uh, listen, uh, you've got to have a strong scrum, and it was definitely a catalyst for the next game that we're about to talk about, which I happen to be at.
2: <laughs> hey, um, oh, oh, that's right. We'll, we'll move along to the uh, the game that you were at, which, as you said, you drove up um, to the winterless north in beautiful sunshine, and then you have some... Tropical moments.
3: <laughs> yeah, we get about four seasons in three hours. <laughs> it's <was laughs> absolutely crazy. I was driving up north and I could see some dark clouds and then you get over the Brent Irwins and catch some beautiful sunshine, blue sky. <clears throat> and, of course, I get to Toll Stadium and it starts to rain. There's just a huge downpour which lasts the whole five minutes. Thought I was thought I was back in Brisbane, actually, because that's what, what you get in Brisbane when you're over there. These, these flash downpours and they go. And then I thought I'd do a match preview out out from kickoff, and it looked quite brilliant. Sun was out again, and uh, of course, right on kickoff, it it rains. And uh, I thought to myself, well, that's probably not a bad thing for Northland because it it levels the game up. We know what an exciting uh, uh, backline harbour have got, but boy, it was their forward pack that did the business in the uh, first half against Northland, uh, Northland couldn't get any platform going Harbour knew it I know talking to a a few people within the um, Harbour camp they had put in a lot of work on their scrum during the week and boy did they absolutely demolish the Tanifa at the scrum time and of course the 17-3 lead seemed like it might be a little bit much for the home side
2: yeah look I mean surprised um, just going back a week I mean I actually I didn't see the game I just saw some highlights on that and heard some comments but the, the Harbour Scrum has actually been going pretty well this season, but they sort of took a couple of steps back against the Auckland Pack, um, scrummaging wise. Well, um, is, is that was I mean, I said I didn't see the game, so I just heard something, so I might no, have that wrong. No. But is yeah, but but no. for a team that looks like they're, they're setting a really good scrum platform, best
3: best scrum best scrum in the Minor Ten Cup in twenty twenty, right. and against Auckland they were good for seven for seventy odd minutes in that game, but they did have a, a key injury in that particular game, and he didn't front up uh, yesterday, might be up for a few weeks, is Nick Mayhew, uh, son of Dr. John Mayhew. Yep. and um, he, Former him, Rebel. Yeah, yeah, former Rebel. Him and Sioni Maffilio have, um, have been in huge form. Their front row mm. has been like a rock. Of course, earlier in the season, they had Big Carl as well. He was running out for the mm. All Blacks last night. So their scrum has uh, been very, very uh, uh, strong this year. And, uh, Really, Auckland, if you think back to last week, it was only really in the last 10 minutes that Auckland they got, got a, bit, a bit, of, scrum. bit of dominance. I don't know under their starting two or three props if they've got much under that. But I'm mm. on, on saying that, that their middle row's going well, their pack's mm. working well. And a guy that's really, really impressed me is Jacob Pierce. Yeah, Jacob Pearce, uh, yeah. the, the Blues lock in, in the middle, a little bit of talk pre-game that he... Uh, Hadn't been signed by the Blues; that he was only on a wider training sco- contract for next year. But um, if you check out our uh, our posts on uh, New Zealand uh, New Zealand uh, Sport Radio, there's an interview I did with him, and I put the question to him: Is he signed with the Blues next year? Yes, he is, but he's only signed for the one year next year. Josh Goodhue, of course, is uh, signed for another <clears throat> two years, and uh, GTC uh, Jared uh, Tiatia uh, Mariner or Cali is um also uh being signed as well, so it looks as though the blues are really putting some investment into well, look, their, their middle row and props,
2: yeah. Miller and Pro, I was gonna say, look with them. Um, you got uh, as you said, your yeah, um Mafilio playing really well, who's who's part of the blue squad as well. Um, not who's the other prop, Right. Hey? Not anymore, not anymore, not anymore.
3: Mafilio, no. Mafilio because they've signed Nepo La Lala, la, yep. Uh, Sioni Mafilio has signed with the Chiefs.
2: Ah, it's so, oh, yeah, so a bit some, of a swap. Some, some, some bit of breaking, a swap there, yeah,
3: and some breaking, breaking news, news. Breaking yep. news. <laughs> so, a bit of a swap. <laughs> Nick Mayhew is having a uh, meeting with the Blues this week, so hopefully, we'll keep our ear close to the ground.
2: That's um, an interesting shop. one, isn't it? It's just like, how many props can we can we can the Blues hold?
3: I, I think <laughs> I think they'd probably want to hold at least four or five. You've got those four all-black props
2: yep. at, at at
3: the minute, but um, listen, the more depth you've you've got. The, the and and
2: it's so crucial, isn't it? It's a crucial position. Oh. How, yep.
3: many, how many times have we seen teams with a really, really good starting props? You know, you mentioned this last year when, when we were watching the Crusaders, there were times that if their starting props, I think it was Moody and Alalatoa, didn't yep. start, didn't go through the whole game, they got under pressure when their second tier of props,
2: props came were coming off. in. So, yeah. So we've
3: got, we've just got a. This is a twenty-three man game.
2: Yep, the, it is. At, at, well, at the, actually, you, you know, you, you say 23, the 23 match day, and then you've actually got to build a squad of when you've got a player that goes down, somebody that can come in and, and be of good quality, isn't it? In the terms of like, because on the day, you really, in terms of the front row, particularly, you have to go through your, your full qu- um, quota of front rowers in a game oh. itself.
3: Oh, the, 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 very much so. So um, just getting back to that game yesterday, you know. Once again, it's still a, it's still in a way, you know. Blues, blues coaches are are looking to see players, to see what they're capable of, see what see what they're doing, and um, unfortunately for the for that home side, it was even though they came back in the second half, they actually they sort of they got it they got it together, and uh, I think it was Rennie Ranger poked through a little kick for, for Scott Gregory. Interestingly enough, Northland um, made uh, made some interesting backline changes yesterday. Of course, they. Uh, and Johnny Cooper, the former Ponsonby first five, son of um, Percy Cooper, who played played for Northland, there's Northland boy. Um, yeah, and, I, and I mean to so say, he had an he had an okay debut, but very very weak conditions. Tamati Tour returned from injury, and Scott Gregory, who's been playing fullback all year, went in, went into the midfield. And defensively, they were pretty solid, but because they were getting pumped up front, there was no platform. To uh, to work off and credit to the Northland lease forwards, where we were getting enough turnovers and Harbour were making enough mistakes in the weak conditions to keep themselves in the game. Of course, Northland scoring to make it seventeen points to eight and, and still with fifteen to go. You thought they were back in the game, but uh, listen, Harbour got a lot of uh, mileage off uh, off their bench in that last um, uh, 15, fifteen minutes as as well, and uh, you know a couple of people that. Pressed me, Tim Sale came off the bench. He was very, very good. And Inissi, the try scorer, and you've even got Jared Page, who was signed by the Blues last year, coming off the bench. So it just gives you an idea of the the actual depth that 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 they've got. And Tilty Mariner, I thought though, was, was very, very good as well at lock, as well as Jacob Pierce, who was uh, who was sort of my man of the match. So yeah, at the end of the day, a, a deserved win for for Harbour. I mean, so Northern would be kicking themselves that they. Walked away from that game even without a point. <clears throat> I thought at 17 eight down there was at least the opportunity to finish within bonus point territory.
2: So look, looking at North Harbour, they're going to be kicking themselves a little bit, aren't they, with some of the early season games that they've dropped? Um, because they, as we said, they have actually got a admit. I think you mentioned last week or during one of our other shows that we have on uh, rugby shows we have on New Zealand Sport Radio. Is the fact is that they beat Canterbury when Canterbury were actually had their all blacks.
3: Harbour, Harbour. We're talking about now.
2: <clears throat> yeah, Harbour. yeah, Sorry.
3: Uh, no, no, no. They they actually went down to Harbour forty three twenty nine, but it probably wasn't. It was a bit of a flattering scoreline to Canterbury at the end, because Harbour were more than competitive against Canterbury on that night. And you're right, they did ha- did have a lot of their guns uh, running around. If I even if I go back to the um, if I go back to the the team sheet that night for Canterbury. They had Josh Mackay, George Bridge, Mata Ely, That You know, guys like that running running around the back. Callum Grace was there. You know, Sam Whitelock even. Sam Whitelock and Lickman L- L- Romano played played on that night. So, it was a good side. Yeah, Harper's, Harper, I I believe, have played some really good rugby and they don't really deserve to be um, back in the uh, championship. But, i I'm, listen, I'm, I'm confident they'll stay up. I, I'm predicting they'll get the win. I, I, I think... Yeah. Look, I think. Yeah.
2: yeah. Look, I mean, like although we've sort of like talked about the um, dilemma that Canterbury has, at the end of the day, everybody in the premiership has the opportunity still to make it into the uh, top four. Even Canterbury is at the bottom of the table, so um, it's uh, yeah, exactly. Nobody is actually written off within that premiership table.
3: Oh, you're so not you're so not wrong, but I I I just can't help feel that. North Harbour should should get the win, and, and you're right. Tough tough road road home for uh, for Bay of Plenty, and, and they'd be mighty relieved that they picked up that win
2: against, today.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, today, which we'll get to soon because uh, I'm mm. pretty sure you would have. I would have been driving home from Fonterra, but I'm pretty sure you would have had uh, your television on front and centre watching that Waikato Auckland game last night. Oh
2: That's mate, I was, I was I was I was at halfway. I was on halfway. Oh. Oh, mate, so, loyal. so loyal, yeah. Look, I mean, to, to be honest, it was an interesting game. Uh, I think this Auckland team really, um, just just an aside from the game itself, the Auckland team is really um, they're playing very well they have actually got um, particularly after and I'll get your comments on them in a second actually Zahn Sullivan I think has made a huge oh. difference to the operation of that back line. that back line seems to have started to get some gears in motion they're gelling a bit better and there's a lot more effectiveness in that back line than there was prior to Zahn Sullivan I'll leave it in that context um, but in saying that what they're doing and, and we're seeing this happen is it's still doing the odd silly things. And, they, and they'll do a silly thing and they compound it with another silly thing. Um, and yesterday, really, they kept Waikato in that game a lot longer than they they should have been in that game. They should have actually basically had that game won by half time, But really, it was just little errors that they keep making, that they um, keep making life difficult and stressful for the fans, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, look... Starting off, fantastic. You know, I have to comment about the Waikato halves. And, and it was showing up in the first scoring play of that game when um, the Waikato half, now I've forgotten his name. I apologise on that. And, um, but fantastic dummy to the outside. And he just carved them up on the inside to, to score underneath the posts. And um, as I said, I, I don't know the two heart scrum halves that Waikato have got. But the starting one and the one on the bench, who I believe was actually supposed to start at the beginning of the season, they're two phenomenal halfbacks that Waikato have there.
3: Yeah, the two boys you're talking about, of course Xavier Rowe, who uh, came came up from uh, uh, Taranaki last year, New Zealand Under 20s, very good uh, halfback, and of course Hugo Nankerville would have come on as the replacement as well. And uh, yes, I did see the highlights of that try, a, a, a dummy that I think it, I think it even caught the Sky cameras by by surprise as as well. And uh, yeah, very very well taken. But um, just talking about Auckland before. You know, for all the little things they do to keep teams in games, we know how much firepower they've got. No, oh, they have. yep. they and, have this year. And there's a guy. I'll tell you what. Probably you could you could arguably say the the two wingers in New Zealand that are the talk of the town. One's in Australia, and one is based running around in a blue and white jersey. Is uh, is um. Celice Rayasi. Celice is fantastic at the moment and. Uh, Gee, I'd I like to think if he's not signed by, if he's not signed by the uh, the
2: Hurricanes, you think you think the Blues would be all over the Jumping look. Can, um, you, can you imagine? Yeah, Clark I, Reyes? Think Reyes, Clark Reyes? Reyes. I, I think Clark and Rousey, but I think, and let's not forget, we've got Talia, who, um, although he's been a little bit quiet at Minor Ten Cup, was absolutely on fire for Super Rugby. But um, I, I remember having a discussion on one again, one of our other rugby shows on uh, New Zealand Sport Radio, and um, we. We actually, I, I think Rayasi's still signed with um, uh, the Canes for next year. I think he's still got one more year down there. Um, now it'll be interesting because when Rayasi got signed to play for the Canes, he was on fire then, and he basically saw no game time really in his oh. time that he's been down there. And I, I remember on last yesterday on Twitter, the of 10 account put for the um, put a um, put a post up saying. Is there anything that salisi Rayasi can't do? And I said, basically, get game time for the Hurricanes. This <laughs> is crazy. So it's 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 a strange it's a strange thing, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, if um if he's a if he's in a free agent for want of a term, you'd be thinking and hoping that the Blues would be uh, sniffing around there and signing him up. Oh, or awesome. look, you'd be thinking that every Super Rugby side in New Zealand would be looking to you know, have words with him to try and get him signed up. Oh,
3: and and listen, the other little string that he's got to to his bow is he can play fullback and he has got a very, very big kicking game as well. So those are those are a couple of little strings to his bow. Just on the Zan Sullivan, interesting enough, I interviewed uh, Zan Sullivan for New Zealand Sport Radio early in the year when he was playing for College Rifles. And uh, so when did the season start proper? Around about July I, th- oh. <clears throat> I think it was. Um, don't ask him the
2: dates, man. This year's been a day, a year where you don't remember any dates. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, I'd, I'd, I'd virtually have to go back to the Club Rugby app and, and, and have a look. But uh, I remember chatting to him then, and he had not been signed by Auckland then. So he was a free agent then. But boy, he's a skilled footballer. I first saw him playing for the uh, New Zealand Maori Colts down in Rotorua. And man, actually, now that I think about it, that was only about a year ago and he was playing first five, and he looked ever so good playing against the uh, Fiji Under-21, well, uh, Fiji under Yeah, under right,
2: 21. yep. Look, Look, I mean, he, he just looks like he's got, he just looks classy, right? He, he he carries himself, when he runs out onto the field, now this is going to sound a bit weird, aren't I? But when he runs out on the field, you can just, he's he's got a presence there. Um, hmm. And then he's just confidence, that so you can see the confidence in the young lad. Uh, hmm. And for it, he is a young lad. Um, and then, on top of that, you look at the size of that Auckland backline. I mean, he's—you've got AJ Lamb, not Ben Lamb, Aaron. AJ Lamb, and um, you've got Salisi rayasi and Zane Sullivan at the back, and it's like um, three big players. Harry Plummer at ten, with his ten, and then he moved into twelve. Isn't a small player either. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, you've got you've got midgets. Let's call them midgets in the form of. Uh, T- uh, uh Tamu Amanu and, uh, T- and TJ Fayani with and,
1: those giants and, and, around them. And,
3: and not to mention Ruru, who's, Ruru built, like, who's, who's built like a loose forward. And, and listen, I'm, I've been quite the critic of, of Jonathan Ruru. We I'm all have. Good. But I think he's been playing some really good rugby, and I think that's just on the back of having a couple of other good young halfbacks and, and, um, in terms of Whena Funaki and also uh, Danny Tusitala. Around as well, and I, I it's amazing what a little bit of competition does. But no, fantastic. Um, if you were a, a member of the Sullivan family last night, you're probably better off if you were on the Auckland side. Of course, by the brother of uh, Balan Sullivan, Baylin, Sullivan, played for Waikato uh, last night in the uh, in the midfield. So, oh, uh, no, listen, good, comfortable win for Auckland, and uh, I think that takes them near the top of the table. I think no,
2: they're top of the table. They're top yeah, of the table. Top. So um, we were having that debate. Um, at, at the game, and it's just like, okay, we, Auckland needs a bonus point to make sure they're top of the table, because um, we weren't sure if they were tied on points with Tasman, whether they'd go on the um, points differential, or on who won the encounter. Cool. So, um, apparently it is actually on who won the encounter, if it's two teams tied on points. Um, But I said, like, hey, look, just score the extra bonus point, and be done with it, and you'll be top of the ladder, right? So, makes yeah. it much easier.
3: Pretty, pretty much... <clears throat> Pretty much so, and I think that
2: we're just scoring that uh, that
3: final try right at the end, and another Tui Piloto, so I wonder if he's another, if he's a uh, relative of. Rel- yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah buddy, I, buddy, I, buddy. I
2: don't know, we might we'll have to do some investigating yeah. there on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, look, up. I mean, just just, uh, just on, um, obviously, uh, the other Tui Piloto, but that Ford packs actually, um, man well, manning up, um, really performing as well. They're, they're taking the ball forward hard, but it's the defence generally, apart from the one dummy where they sort of left their bulldogs basically off the side of the rucks uh, to allow, allow the halfback through. the defence is basically working pretty well. <clears throat> and oh, that's yeah, starting and I, from the forwards.
3: Yep, yeah, and I'd, I would love to see the stats uh, in terms of um, uh, the hardworking Adrian shape as well, who just makes a lot of tackles, whether he plays in the sixth... Or seven jersey, and, and just adds a bit of accuracy and physicality at breakdown as well. And uh, listen, credit to Tuilolo as well. When you consider he's probably coming coming for Riedlinger a couple who didn't play last night, or, yep. or did he? Um, no, he did not. That uh, didn't play, man. That's uh, they're just building some really really great depth.
2: They are. Um, and then one th- man I like giving a shout out to is Scotts and I I was really disappointed when the Blues didn't sign him, but I I just think he's. He's a workhorse that basically just, you know, does the job. He doesn't doesn't take a backward step and does the basics and just does them accurately. I think the only only th- thing that I'd say with the um, York and Fords is that front row might need to put a bit of super glue on their hands.
3: Yeah, obviously it's some issues, but I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll sort that out in the week. I suppose I suppose it would have been nicer if they had uh, they had con- conditions. You now Paul just said he's in the uh, green room. Should we let him in?
2: Should we let him in? I don't know. Oh, I thought he would have just added himself, tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Here yeah, he comes. Yeah. There he is. He's a bit fuzzy, but he's, he looks like he's got a water all over the screen.
0: <laughs> um, I'm just rebuilding my main computer and I'm on a backup computer. So um, that's why uh, that's why I'm all fizzy. It looks all, like all he's fuzzy. got Vaseline um, over the top of the camera. And that's why I've got no... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I've not got control. You have control of the uh, the show oh, because uh, right I'm not locked Ooh. in. Let <laughs> he-
2: I me mean, just. <laughs> <Hey>, um, <laughs> just just okay. onto Waikato, like we, we talked about this in um earlier show. Waikato have actually come along quite quietly. They were sitting at the top of the table prior to this round starting. Um sort of they really didn't fire any shots yesterday apart from that early moment with the the row try. We talked prior to the show. Do you think it's a bit of a mistake in terms of starting with Adam Thompson and Liam Messon as opposed to having some of the younger blood um, and just experience in the background?
0: Um, I I think they just got outplayed by by Auckland tactically, right? They they were trying to play from their own half. They didn't execute. um, And yeah, the um, whereas I mean, Auckland, look, uh, until late on, um, Waikato was still in this. So, I mean, they mm. only scored their points in the last, what, 10 minutes, I think it is. 10 minutes. But they absolutely controlled the game um, yep. with their kicking. Um, and Waikato's kicking was just poor at the end of the day. Yeah, um, look,
2: I mean, I think
0: I, 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 that, that might have yeah, to sorry, do with Paul. the fact they've got two, uh, two sevens players in their back three, um, which might be part of it. Uh, so they're not, they're not kicking players back there. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, um, but um I think having experience is generally a good thing
2: rather than a bad thing. Yeah, I just sort of thinking though, but it's like we're looking at um, just just transitioning in, in developing your squad and your team going forward. It's just like I don't, I don't know if it's being useful because then basically next year, what's going to happen? You're going to have basically Adam Thompson and uh, Mesum still there, or they're going to be gone, sort of thing. So I'm just sort of thinking from a developmental per. Uh, situation as well. You maybe start with one and then you have one on the bench. So you, if things are going really pear-shaped, you can bring that extra experience on. But it's sort of, um, I think when you look at um, effectively what Auckland's done with some of their loose forward and the, the they um, rotated them and, you know, as a fan, you're going, what are you doing? Just put on the strongest team. Uh, Tasman's sort of done a similar things as well where they've actually uh, at times rotated their squad as well um, with the players that they've got. And I sort of think they're looking to make sure that they're developing their players as well as um, performing in the competition.
0: Yeah, um, but then again, um, at the end of the day, um, Waikato here are in with a chance of, of winning the whole thing, right? Um, and therefore, hey, what, get, get a, how about getting a trophy now rather than something that you may not, you, that you may not get in the future? Um, mm-hmm. So you say, yeah, they are taking other route, aren't they? They are taking the route of, we will actually play our best players, um, which you say, we, you, you cry out for teams to do, and and now you and now you're damning them for doing it. So um,
2: well, that, but that's what I'm questioning. Is it really the best team? I mean, when you got, I mean, Liam Messam, I think's got a bit more in him. But I'm not convinced that Adam Thompson has actually got the legs um to be playing higher ten rugby. I, I haven't really seen um the the performances put in at this level. Even when he was playing for the Chiefs, to be honest, because I know he came into the Chiefs squad as well. And mm-hmm. I, just, I I just think that it's really it's an interesting call to have him both into the Chief Squad and then into the Waikato squad as well, in terms of I I don't I think they'd be getting better performances out of someone else.
0: Um uh, obviously cl- cl- clearly uh, you're 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 um one of the highest paid um and, and one of the best coaches in in uh, that does the Lions just like um uh, just like Gatlin. So you know these sort of things. Um but um <laughs> I, I, look for, for for people like Gatlin and stuff to, to rate him. They've got to be seeing something there, um, and yeah, I, I mean, my ten cup level definitely. Super rugby level, uh, I'd I'd question mark him now where uh, well, he's got the legs, but it might a ten cup level. Absolutely, he's got the legs. And I've just managed to get my my real computer working, so I'm going to just gonna jump out just and jump back for in a few again seconds. with 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 a, with a <laughs> decent camera.
2: <laughs> no, right.
3: I suppose um, we'll move on to the uh, the games that we played today, and I managed to see all three of them. I don't know how You've I You've seen it, all three I, of them? I have seen all three of them. That's I a good had, effort. I had two screens on at the same time watching the Hawks Bay, uh, Bay Plenty game and the uh, Manawatu uh, Southland game. I think we'll start with the uh, Manawatu Southland game because there's really probably not a lot to say. Of course, Manawatu doing the business, winning by 24 points to... Uh, to twelve after they uh, they led by uh, seventeen points to uh, to seven and a half half time. It wasn't a bad sort of first half. Now this game was played in fielding as opposed to uh, as opposed to the normal Palmerston North uh, uh, showgrounds, and it was uh, yeah battle battle of battle of the desperates For Manawatu. desperate to desperate to get a win over Southland, and for Southland, it was a win that they really needed to stay in contact and and put. Pressure on probably both Taranaki and Northland.
2: So obviously, looking at that, well, let's say prior to the game starting, we would have expect been expecting sort of um, Southland to tip over Manawatū? too. Um, well, they we haven't won a game all season,
0: so yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I suppose. With, I suppose with Southland, they've
3: um, they've had a couple of injuries here and there, so they're they're, they're a little bit banged up and. I must admit, I still thought Southland would would actually win that game. Of course, Two losing their best player for the rest of the season in uh, Jamie Booth. So a real hard one to replace. He he seems like their little little spark in the number nine jersey. But uh, like I say, this game was played in very, very windy conditions. And it actually seemed like the team that played into the wind actually played better than when you had the wind. Um, just like I say, watching it, watching two games at the same time, I'd always see the team that was playing in, uh, playing with the wind or stuck in their half all the time. So obviously both teams guilty of not tactically getting it right.
0: Yeah, when I had a chat with the assistant coach for, I don't I don't know, have you talked about Battle of the Bays yet? We're getting to it shortly. No, yeah, to it shortly. Oh, OK. No, that's right, go for it. <laughs> okay, so when I was when I was talking with the uh, the assistant head, the assistant coach for um Hawkes Bay uh and uh, um Joel uh, Joel is Joel isn't it? I think it's Joel. Oh, gone blank now. Josh, um, Josh, sorry, Josh, sorry. Josh, there you go Josh, thank yeah. you. Um Josh, and he was saying that actually, yeah, they should have been 17 points up at halftime when they were playing into the wind. Um the, the, yeah, the wind was with the wind was worth minus 14 points um yeah. <laughs> in the in the battle in Taronga. Um, so yeah, similar thing. Uh which is interesting there, that, yeah, that some teams are playing better or some sometimes actually playing into the wind where you perhaps you overkick sometimes or um and, and you, you sort of you deliberately keep it in the hand more. Um, you style the opposition of, of, of um of the ball. Uh and as long as you as long as you, your attention's fine, then you're gonna do you don't you're going do good out of it, aren't you? If obviously if you turn it over in your own half, you're gonna cause your own self up so problems, but um
2: but, so a friend, a yeah. friend of the show, um, Steve Cornflake's version would have um, been happy. He's working today and not seen the game. Then, so where did it go wrong for Southland?
0: I was driving, so sorry, missed that one. Oh, <laughs>
3: listen, I just think that they they were the were worst enemies. They they had all the territory in the second half, but just a, a mistake here and a, a mistake there. That they looked, to be honest, they they if they they look back at the percentages of ball, they yeah, they they definitely had. More of of the position, but uh, just really just didn't take their opportunities enough. Interestingly enough, though, even though the like, Manama two are, are on nine points after that win, they're actually still an outside chance of making the top four if they can win their last two games and a whole lot of results go their way.
0: <laughs> uh, know, just I I have to go back there a second, but you're expecting this in, in, in the championship, isn't it? You. You're- you kind of you you play four four crossover games um, out of ten, so you expect to lose all of those. So there's only six games. I mean, the, the top of the table generally has won about six games or just over half their games. So yeah, so if you can get three wins or four wins, you can see yourself in the in the playoffs. Oh
3: yeah, that's that's exactly what Northern have done. They're sitting teetering on eighteen points with two games to go. Unfortunately, they visit Eden Park on uh, On Saturday, and they've got Waikato up home. That's in. Speaking of taking the game out to the rural area, that's up in Kaikoura, and on the 14th of uh, of uh, November. But boy, you, you've got to say to be safe, they have got to win one of those games. Now, if they get stuck in Manawatu, do win their last two games, or Counties Manukau win their last two games, anything's possible. We'll get to that game shortly because I think we should talk about the uh, the Battle of the Bays, and unfortunately for the Hawks Bay, it's bay of plenty of steamers that are the bay again for what five years another year
2: yeah five I think. five years in a row well wow. surely they're going to earn the title they're going to keep it permanently soon if you know you <laughs> sort of it's like when you win a trophy for three 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 years three competitions consecutively uh you get to keep the trophy
3: yeah well, well the steamers took the chocolates today but the magpies will be scratching their heads um, how they actually won that game. I think a real big t- turning point uh, um, was basically hawkes Bay getting in behind Bay of Plenty and we saw an intercept in the first half and, uh, boy, I thought that was just a, that was a huge play at the time.
0: Hey, well, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Hawks Bay played all the rugby in this game. Absolutely all the rugby uh, and just didn't get the points for it. And um, off-camera, there were definitely some question marks, um, or some questions about... Um, how the mall was refereed, um, for example, um, had, a chat, had a chat to one of the other um, assistant coaches and he's like, just don't talk to me about the game. Just don't, um, they, they were not happy at all. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. What, what,
2: what, what were they not specifically happy about in the mall? I mean, watching it on TV, there were a few question marks, but not, I wouldn't have said it was a major um, impact on the game. I don't know. What, yeah.
0: No, no, you know no, that was that was part of the big thing. But I, the other the other big thing here was that um, for, for all their play, their line-out misfired, and for a side where uh, their line-out mall is a key weapon for them, if 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 Ash Dixon isn't hitting his hitting his jumpers, that takes away one of your um, w- w- one of your big weapons, uh, and that was a big problem for them today. Was yeah, they they just they, their lineout just fell apart. Let's be honest. Um, that's uh, and sure. There was a breeze there in, in in Tauranga. It's by the sea. There always is. It's an open ground. But you, yeah, no, he should not have. He shouldn't have missed the number of lineouts he missed.
3: Yeah. Although well, I, I just I've got to, I've got to say though, uh, we were so used to seeing Ash Dixon scoring these tries from uh, from close range, but I thought that that 50 metre, well, it wasn't a 50 metre run. But it was about a 20 metre run and the kick over the top and and the chase. You know, something like that could have gone either way. But the uh,
0: I mean, exactly. could have gone either way. that was, a, that, was a, that was a clear try what how they disallowed that I've got no yeah, idea
3: well I, I I actually thought so thought so too at the time but it, it just would have been fantastic but boy at 32 years old he, he definitely belies his age I was a little surprised that the Bay coaches pulled him off with 15 minutes to go because I I thought he would have been crucial in terms of his leadership in those last few uh, lineout drives but the question I've got for you Paul the steamers had lost their tight head pros, prop uh, Ross Heldenhase for collapsing the mall, so they were going to be down to seven forwards. Why did Hawksbane not take the uh, scrum?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, clearly, I, they, 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 well, eventually there was a scrum because he did come on, but um, you've got to say, I think they just they they're programmed that. Um, yeah, the, the, that that line go go to the line out. That's that's what we do. And that's how we score points.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and sometimes you've got to read the game situation better than that, rather than just go. This is how we play. Um, and um, yeah, so it's uh, uh, perplexing as to as to that. Um, they, oh, clearly, I didn't ask um, the uh, Clayton. I didn't ask him bluntly. Um, kind of, uh, you didn't play any rugby, so how did you win? Um, but because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, I mean, they, they hardly had the ball. Um, so how they how they got the win without the ball is just is is mighty impressive. I mean, big defensive shift from them, you've got to say. Yeah. Um, the I mean, Hawksway, we're talking about look, they, there's a whole bunch of players they didn't play today as well. Um, I think the I think the Ramfurly Shield challenge has taken its toll on them. Um, they rest a bunch of players who they're going to bring back um next weekend against Wellington. Um, and you've got to say that, uh, yeah, it has their focus been a bit more. On the Ranfilly Shield and actually on winning their away games,
2: maybe happens happens to able. it happens to quite a few teams that uh, would end up with the Ranfilly Shield, isn't it? Because the fact is that the focus ends up being um, holding on to the Ranfilly Shield, and, and the away games do suffer.
3: Yeah, some some teams, yeah, some teams after they lose the Ranfilly Shield, they, they, they form dips, and it's hard to get yourself back up again, and. Uh, I think we've got a we've got a couple of we've seen a couple of variables. Uh, we spoke about Otago. Otago had just seemed to found their mojo. Got a couple of people, Josh Dixon and that engine engine room who played so well for the Highlanders has returned. Slade McDowell, you know the number seven in form at the moment. Where you sort of go to the other side of it, and we'll get to Taranaki in a moment. It's almost like they're falling off a cliff.
0: Yeah. But I mean, to be fair to 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 Hawke's Bay, say they played all their they should have won this game. Absolutely, it should have won. So, to be fair, they—they—I they, think that they've actually built up a good amount of depth, so that they can rest players. Um, and they have rest players, and they're going to have selection issues um, come next weekend. They're going to have some upset players who want to play. Um, and I think I think Hawks Bear is still having a very good season. To be blunt, oh. even, even though they've lost this one.
3: Oh no, no question. No, 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 no,
1: no doubt, about that. Yeah, yeah,
3: got, got, definitely got to go go along with that. And there. well in Sconson, if they don't finish first, I'm pretty sure they're going to finish second either. One of one of those two positions, especially with Otago to play Southland next week and just the one game to go.
2: Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting situation though, isn't it? Otago top of the table. Um you'd say you're probably looking looking mildly like favourites to sort of take out the championship. I mean, obviously you, you get the finals and anything can happen. But you could have a sort of scenario where Canterbury gets relegated and Otago goes up. Which would be just a just a weird thing to consider in modern rugby.
0: Yeah. I just think, just can't. I I don't think it's so weird that Otago are going up, but it is very
2: weird. No, no, not Otago going up. up, but the yeah. yeah. I mean, like you know, you sort of think, oh, hey, there'll be two South or three South Island teams with Tasman as well. But you know, it's just the old traditional, I yeah, suppose. Steve, yeah. you know where I'm coming from with the yeah, old yeah. traditional was, side of things. The yeah. That, uh, yeah. Two, well,
3: well, I can I can tell you, as somebody who supports a team from the championship. That's all we need, Canterbury down in the championship. <laughs> <Canterbury down>. <laughs> <laughs> because I because don't don't get me wrong. You can just see them being a bounce back, just like that. They'll be down one year and, and back up the next. They, they, they're too good a sign.
2: Well, now, somebody made a comment regarding Wellington. There was a Wellington Waikato. Did, obviously, got relegated over, over the years. And um, I, I don't know about Waikato, but I know Wellington actually didn't bounce back straight away because Hawks Bay beat them in a final, I remember, um, to, to go up to the premiership. So Wellington actually spent two years in the championship.
0: Yeah, I, I, think I, think look, I think Waikato went up ahead of Wellington
2: as well. Yeah, you might be you might be right, Paul. You might be right. Yep.
0: That's right. Wellington had that.
3: But if you but if you remember the season that they went down, it was an absolute shocker. I think they lost they lost all six games. And I think to me that's the that's the difference. Canterbury will, will look back far that they have plenty of performance. And also if you look at the age of some of the, the younger brigade in the side, I think they're more than capable of bouncing back in one year. Hey, let's not forget, Auckland was only a game away a few
2: seasons ago. Well, that, that was a season where it was like, um, so what happened there? So Auckland was basically going down. Waikato is the final round. Waikato Harbour playing down in Waikato. And um, uh, Sean Stevenson stepped up for a Harbour from like about, on the angle, it would have been well over 50 metres and nudged it over to win the game, which meant Waikato went down and Auckland stayed up. Yep, and I remember <laughs> I said, <laughs> you, right? mean,
0: yeah. you talk about Canterbury, though, yeah, you're right. They lost by one point to Taranaki, by one point to Hawkes Bay, um by uh, only I think uh, again, um they did beat Wellington actually, didn't they? Um they lost by a yep. point to, and the, to and and the extra they lost time three games by a point um yep. this season. So you know they could they could easily be top of the table and yet they're bottom.
3: Yeah, they're not they're not a bad side. I mean to say they had a bad day at the office against the uh against the steamers. Um it, it happens sometimes. They got blown they got blown off the paddock in the in the first half and they unfortunately hmm. they couldn't recover. They plenty got their tails up and as they say, that sort of stuff happens. <laughs> There's a four letter word I was going to say, but I've off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought better not.
0: Excrement moment. happens. That's the top <laughs> and bottom of the premiership is, is, is three wins. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, we talked about that before. At the end of the day, even like we're talking about Karen, Canterbury being relegated, they still have the chance to make it into the top four.
3: Mm, yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, totes. Totes, totes. Hey, guys, we, totes. We, 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 <laughs> should, we should keep moving. I've just noticed the time. Yeah, yeah. I
2: noticed the time. I know. The, la-
3: the, la- the last game of the weekend. Now, I, I actually said to Ashwin before the show, I, I, this is definitely an upset. I expected Taranaki to win this game. Counties Manukau have been struggling. A bit the season, but man, full credit to uh, to uh, Counties Monaco. They they won this game because they stayed in the fight in the first half. It was 12-10, I think, at, at halftime, and the reason being they defended into a, into a gale. They hung in there. They had a couple of opportunity, a, a try scoring opportunity. They actually took their one opportunity. But man, also big ups to to the way Kieran Reid. Um, he's, he's not the skipper of the team. But boy, the, little, but the way he leads. You don't have way, to be the
2: skipper have to lead, do you? You, you oh, can still, yeah.
3: The little things he was, whenever the group would stop, you could see him talking and it was fantastic. So was it, if that's Kieran Reid's last game in, in New Zealand, man, what a what a great way to go out.
0: You know yeah, what I mean? what's the story talking there? Sorry. We're hanging, we're hanging on, though, but a yellow card in the 85th minute for for, for, um, for counties. I mean, they, they, now just talking,
2: so I, wanted, I wanted to talk about that yellow card because I, I did momentarily get that mixed up, that yellow card mixed up with Jeff Plates' yellow card in the, the Bays game, right? And it's just like that yellow card for counties actually helped them out because it meant that Lyndonmouth got to come back on the field and their yep. scrum was shored up and it became dominant after he came on. Yeah, so that yeah. yellow card helped counties because they did the smart thing. My, again, coming back to the nine-year-old that I watched the games with, and he goes, do they have to take a, um, somebody out of the scrum to change the prop? And I says, no. And guess what they did? They yanked it back. So they had eight in the scrum and Lindemouth on at uh, loosehead, and their scrum was Powerful, yeah, yeah, smart. The, so um, obviously,
3: now you you would imagine there would have there would have been Reed would have been making a couple of calls in there.
2: Yeah, you'd think so.
0: I, I I've got to about Simon's comment though. If Canterbury get relegated, does that mean the Crusaders have to move to Nelson as Tasman of the senior <laughs> senior, senior <laughs> province? No, no. no. <laughs>
2: uh. Yeah, well, it was a good is um. Look, I mean, I have to say the fight from Counties to hold on on, on their line. Um, the defensively, it was it was great defence, really. I mean, the penalties were coming from the scrum, so it's not like they were getting offside and doing sort of cynical killing the ball type scenarios to stop Taranaki um winning. I mean, there was one penalty for that, but it wasn't. Con- it was the 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 um continual penalties were from scrum time infringements rather than from. Um, ruck infringements on the line sort of thing. So great fight from counties to hold on. And as yeah. said, the experienced man helping out with the last turnover of the game to win the match for them.
3: And a lot of young guys in that team as well. So no, no, good on them. And more importantly, they've got an outside chance of making the top <laughs> four if they can get <laughs> uh, Yeah, you, 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 you laugh, but it's, it's, it's on. Although, I, to be brutally honest, they, they play North Harbour away Next week, and that really could be, and the end could be, and should be the end of their season. But you, you never, you never know. Oh, you just don't know. And their last game is is Southland at home, and I think they'd want to go out, go out with with a win. So all all these all these teams that are sitting towards the bottom part of the championship are all sort of slitting their own throat at the moment. Dare I say it?
0: I was going to say, yeah, is there team in the whole competition that isn't isn't in with a shout of the playoffs with two games to go? No,
3: <laughs> no that's, it's it's great. That's exactly what that's, that's exactly what you want.
0: Yep. Well, it just makes the first eight rounds pointless, doesn't it? Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> and um,
3: before we get to the All Blacks, we should just touch on the Farrah Palmer Cup what a finish ball.
0: Oh, what a cracking game that was. I mean, what, 8-7 um, was the result, but, but boy, there was a lot of rugby in a game that it was only 8-7. And uh, look, you, 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 um, Coxage ran things for, for Canterbury um, and she basically said, Waikato, you can have the ball in your own half. And Waikato were like, we're not going to give it back to you, we're going to try and play from here. And that was basically the whole 80 minutes with them just was was them either turning it over in their own half and then defending their line um, but no, no, I mean, Cat- just wouldn't, uh, sorry, um, why just wouldn't kick the ball. Um, so they had to, they were, they were, they were trying to play, play out their own 22, the whole game. And you're like, wow. Um, so good on them for sticking to the game plan. Uh, and so, so close, um, with that try being scored after the Hooter had gone. Uh, so yeah, I made a cracking game, cracking game yeah. to watch. Two, two things stand
3: out for me, Paul. Um, Obviously Canterbury could have had this game well and truly sewn up in the first half. A couple of the opportunities that were blown in that first half. One, the, the winger just basically all she has to do is catch it, catch it, and she could have tripped over the line and and scored. And there were a couple of other opportunities, but also right at the death there. Um, once once again, it highlights how important if you're going to run the clock down, man, you've got to have your pack right up your backside to, to 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 keep cleaning everybody up you don't want uh you don't want one or two players or you don't want to create a a, a turnover and really quick thinking by by coxie she didn't want to go to another set piece kick to the corner line out she tapped it went she saw the space out wide because counties had all basically compressed in that last pre- play of the game and uh boy rest is history you kind of feel so before, um you kind of feel a so- bit boy
2: I didn't see the game, but I, I saw the effect of effectively a quarter final when Auckland and, and Waikato played at Eden Park. And one thing I noticed with the Waikato squad, they're not a big Ford pack. Effectively, the the team right across the park looks the same size, whether it's the forwards or the backs. So they did pretty well to um to, to muscle up against the Canterbury Ford pack, especially when they weren't giving it back to them. Just not in the last few minutes. I
0: that's yeah. I mean, the the Waikato team are known for having dangerous players across the park um and white and and so hence that's why they're trying to they're, they've got, they've got players who can break across the entire back line um and uh, yeah so so they, they were asking the full Canterbury line to to defend and they did basically yeah
3: listen I, listen I thought it was great after to some really really big scores this year how ironic that the final came down to a one point. Uh... <laughs> A one-point ball game, just just absolutely, uh, absolutely nuts, if you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to to Canterbury and I, and they they go through the whole season unbeaten.
0: So I full credit to them. They do, oh, yeah. Myka's only loss was that game, but I, the other thing, I don't think there was one collapsed scrum in the whole game. I'm like, wow, that's you. I mean, you just don't see that in the men's game, do you? Well, um, <laughs> whereas in the women's game, yeah, yeah the, the scrums for some reason stay upright. <laughs>
3: No, I think that's uh, that wraps that up, but that gives us about five minutes to talk about last night's like test.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> we can't go
0: longer. Um, the um, <laughs> the I was gonna say, the the clearly, there's only one one instance to talk about, and um, boy, why wasn't it red in the first five minutes?
2: That's that's a red card,
0: that's a red, a red card, card all day
2: long, that's a red card all day. That is a red card all day. That is, that is a. If you go looking for red card definition in the Oxford dictionary, you'll see a picture of Dungunu's tackle on Errone Clark in the air.
3: Geez, <laughs> that would have been, uh, that, if it was Ronnie, he would have come down with a thump. Maybe oh, sorry, Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: How many times are we going to make that mistake over the yeah, next few um, years? <laughs>
3: to, be, to be honest, um, I just got back from, from rain and I just happened to see the, see the incident and I thought it would be a card of sorts. I didn't think red myself.
2: But what, 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 way, what, what gives you the mitigation? What would you say is the mitigating circumstance for not being a red?
3: I just wanted to see an even contest. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, that, 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 yeah, I'll, be, mean, honest, I'll be, be honest, I'll be honest, that was the only reason I was sort of thinking, oh, just give him a yellow, you know, I was thinking, give him a yellow, because otherwise the contest was dead from from that point on, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be totally honest, listen, great win by the All Blacks, but when I originally, when I looked at this Wallaby squad without two more and a really, really fresh faced sort of midfield, I just thought to myself, regardless of the conditions, I actually thought this is going to be a long long night for the wallabies and and unfortunately so it proved even without arty savia yep
0: yeah. and um you got to, yeah you got to say that's uh, yeah the the injuries to james o'connor and um and tamua um, were massive um for this side and, and they just didn't have the composure at first half they panicked and then it was all just far too much to come back from it this this did not feel like a record win for the all blacks right they didn't play that well they played well,
2: clearly to win. Uh, like like we spoke about Paul, they played well in those little moments when they scored the points, mm-hmm. and the rest of the time it was like, uh, it wasn't a great. It wasn't it, really guys, a great match,
3: guys. If I can, if I can put it this way, it was like watching a really good premiership team play a championship team. You kind of knew you knew what the result was going to be, and yep. it was just really a case of what what the margin. Was going to be, you know. Listen, great to see uh, Hoskins the Tutu get a get a start. Did did most things right, but man, you know what? A, what a perfect way to make your debut against a side that you you have pretty much sucker punched by half time, and yep. really should have should have went in with a thirty three nil lead, as opposed to a twenty six nil lead.
0: But you think yeah. you think like 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 uh, Eden Park last year, where they what they put on like fifty five points or something, and you're thinking th- that felt more dominant and more record win than this game. This game didn't well, feel like a record win.
2: Well, it comes back to the comment you made, Paul, and we talked about this, obviously, um, this morning, I think it was, or last night, whenever it was, but um, it's it, Australia in that first half had absolutely no composure, and so mm. anything they tried was just rushed or ill-thought-out, or, or there was no thought in it, really. It was just basically passing the ball around for the sake of passing the ball around. There was no structure to what they were doing in any format or any form, so, and then in the second half, with their first try and the only uh, try that they scored, there you go, there it was. Yeah. But they didn't um, duplicate it. They didn't cop, you know, keep yeah. it going.
3: If there's one thing I took out of uh, the All Blacks' performance last night is they com- completely negated with the tactics that they used the line speed Australia had used so well in the first two tests. They just negated their line speed. Obviously, the little kicks over the top, the um, positioning—you know, change, changing direction, directions, looking for mismatches. Yeah, just you know, I, I wanted to see a contest, and I was a bit disappointed. By I I actually went to bed. You know, you're always happy as an all black supporter to 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 have a win, but man, I wanted to see a genuine genuine contest, and on that level, I was disappointed.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, just and, and and just in terms of their um, game strategy. There's a couple of games that I just don't, there's a couple of teams you could say, you know, I'm going to go back to of 10 as well as the All Blacks. Why do you do high balls, aerial bombardment to someone that includes Geordie Barrett at the back of an All Blacks? And Caleb Clark is showing that he's no mug so, under a high ball. Why do you consistently his... keep kicking it to them? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And I was going to come back in the Auckland game. It's the same. Waikato were kicking in, not last week because I didn't see it, but the week before. So I can't remember who played. When, Teams that keep kicking to big back threes that can when, defuse.
3: Here's a question for both yourself and Paul. When was the last time we've seen an all-black winger with such a complete oh, all, he, all-round all round game? He, yep. he tackles. He's good under the, the high ball. He, he cleans out. Amazing that amazing turnover, jeepus He just about lifted the guy off the ground with, with, with the ball, and the comment was made during commentary. This this kid could be a complete winger, like we've seen big block-busting wingers like um, Rico Iwadi and Julian Savia, who are all big, powerful men one on one. But oh, well, look,
0: like, let's. Oh, you're talking about Jordy Barrett here, being being the all-round winger. No,
1: no, 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 a no, a no, no Clark. Clark. Okay,
0: okay, phew. I oh, was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. I got
1: it. I got
0: it. <laughs> what you mean smoking, sir? Didn't you? Didn't? Haven't you seen what the results of the referendum was? Um, <laughs> the, um...
2: <laughs> no, I was going to say. Um, uh, I was going to look. Look, if we go back to what you know, on, many on, people is half a million. Isn't there half a
3: million special votes still
2: to be counted? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not count any chickens how, yet how how or any buttons. Counting those <laughs> on Tuesday, so that, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> But I mean, like we could talk about Jonah as well. Jonah wasn't great under a high ball. Yeah, that, I mean, like Caleb Clark under the high ball on defence, work ethic around the field doesn't just thing sit on his wing. He popped up on the right wing as well. Um, oh. So you know, he, he's he's getting involved in the game, and he's doing it with high level of accuracy on what he does.
0: Also, have you seen the um, him photo bombing? Um, the uh, Ian Foster's um, interview. As well. <laughs> yeah. So he's also got a bit of. He's, yeah, he's, he's he's got a bit of cheeky about him. You don't see it on the pitch. On the pitch, when he's playing, he, he doesn't seem to have much. He, he's he's a very serious player um, to me. A very quiet and yeah. serious. He, he he's not. Um, have you seen his smile. Well, <laughs> I think after the after the game, you see the smile. I don't think you see it during play, do you? Well, uh, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what. Um,
3: it, it, it's a shame the world and the way and its form is at the moment, especially that we don't get to play the Springboks. But boy, there's another side I would absolutely love to play right now, and that's France because they they're playing some great rugby as well. I don't know if you want to touch on them, Paul, when we get we'll come away to from that this, we'll come to that. But boy, yeah. it's at, at, at the moment we're seeing an All Black team that's getting there. Seems like it's getting their mojo back slowly, but it's a bit hard to gauge because the opposition at the moment, I suspect Dave Rennie just wants to He's still in rebuilding phase. He's still, he's rebuilding. He wants to try a lot yep. of players and, and we've seen, and you know, they're making some little, little games. I like the halfback that came on and I especially like the look of Jordan
2: Pattaya. Yeah, well he well, made that, he created that try. He, yeah. he basically created that try really. Hey, just, yeah. just back on Caleb Clark for a sec. It's just like – but that was a bit of a – you know, you're starting – I remember the South Africans always used, oh, Jonah never scored tries against us. He might not have, but with the beast of the honeypot theory, how many holes did that open up across the rest of the field when you've got 15 men trying to tackle one guy? You know? And it's just like, he's our da- he's the danger. We've got to go shut him down. So everybody goes to him like an under-11s game. <laughs> <laughs> And it just opens up the rest of the field, right? When we look at some of the breaks and the runs like Geordie Barrett actually made through the midfield, um, it's it's like that doesn't happen automatically because these days defensive lines just stretch out across the field. That happens because you've committed too many players to one facet of the game and opened up another area.
3: Boy, doesn't, um, I was going to say Hosking Satutu also offers up a skill set from the back of the scrum. Uh, the pinpoint pass to to Ioane.
2: oh yeah you, you,
3: you know just to create that extra extra bit of space just
2: very Zinny eh very Zinny very, very also, zinny two, life two life.
0: players there who you can see have played together a lot right and uh, uh, but um, with, the... with with blues but also with uh, maybe also occasionally auckland at level maybe in in, yep. in no,
2: they did last year last so, year there yeah. was a, they did have a few games together as well yeah so yeah i think that there was also number of
0: yeah player two, two guys who played a lot together Good put down, eh?
2: The <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no worries with that one. <laughs>
0: oh dear. Um.
2: Just, just to just to answer Simon's um que- a question question about the Wellington Tasman game, I I was wondering, I was for a moment I was sort of thinking, hey, we didn't talk about it, no, but we did because we remember mentioning the Jerry was played at Jerry Collins Park. And it was wet. Not at Westpac. Yeah, that's,
0: right. that's the only thing I know about the game. It was wet. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Nope. Um, cool. So do you want to have a quick quick touch on anything anything else from that game, or do you want or, or the the well, or I, I, on
2: to Six I think I, I think something I mentioned. I suppose I mean Australia had a few injuries, so they were the hand was forced a little bit in some positions. Um, with some of the players that they picked, hopefully they they're in a position where they can pick their strongest team, and we get a competition up in Brisbane.
3: Yeah, I, just just my point on it. Listen, Ian Foster, you've bought a whole lot of other guys, taken a whole lot of guys over there. You've got the Blederslow wrapped up. I, I reckon give them an opportunity, just see what see what these guys have got.
0: And Tupo yeah, well, has to start. But you've also got two games against um, the um, Argentina oh. who have had no rugby. So, yeah, there's def- everybody who's on tour in Australia should get a game. Okay. Should get game time. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Even the dirty duties.
0: The um, – even – yeah, whatever those are. Um,
2: <laughs> there's in the old days of the uh, tours when they only used – they're basically the players that only played midweek.
0: The um, – yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The, oh, yeah, Dirt Trackers as the – as the dirt last Trackers. Dirt Trackers. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, absolutely, they should all do that. Yeah. Um, Six Nations, then? Yep. well, hail hail England. Six, uh, give, us, <laughs> uh, give
3: us Six Nations uh, champions for uh, 2020. Who would have believed it after the uh, first game of the round when France uh, uh, knocked over England 24-17, Paul? And uh, it's uh, quite an irony that those two teams end up top of the table and it comes down to points difference at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and of course, I also, obviously, obviously, only one bad thing happened to England today, which was that I spilt some um, maple syrup down my down my jersey, so I'm not wearing it. So it's, it got got dirty. Uh, oh, I, I was I, eating pancakes, uh... Ashwin's. Um, otherwise, yeah. it was um, it was good. Um, what did we learn, Paul? What did we learn? Well, oh yeah, yes, eat over the plate. i so. <laughs> oh, I wasn't up for that game. I, I, I didn't wake up for the for the for the for the, uh, the Wales Scotland game or for the. Um, England-Italy game. Uh, Sorry, Italy-England game. Italy-England, look, I think we all, we all knew that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the only question was, could France? I mean, could Ireland beat, beat France with a bonus point or could France rack up a massive win? Um, and, yeah, they couldn't. Um, talking about France at the moment, they are playing some wonderful moments of rugby. Um, but it is moments and individual bits of brilliance that are getting in their tries, rather than necessarily good structure and good play. Uh, I think this, this team's got a lot... Um, a lot of uh, a lot of room for improvement um, to
2: add on. But to they got their they got, are brilliant, so fantastic. They got three years of fine tuning to do, haven't they?
0: Oh yeah, look, there's there's a long way to go. Um, they've got plenty of time before the next rugby world cup. Uh, but um, you're still talking about some guys who are really really young as well, running that team. You're still talking guys in, in, in their early twenties who um, in intermac and stuff. They've got another two, um, three rugby world cups in them. Uh, at least two, another two other World Cups, and so they've got. Um, yeah, this is a this is a team that's got a lot of, a lot of runway ahead of it. This is not a um, this is not a 2003 England team that's going to disappear the next year. Um, this is a team that's got. I say it's got a lot of, uh, a, a lot of room to improve um, on top of what is some absolute fantastic, um, lovely rugby they're playing at the moment.
2: And something yeah. I learned this morning was the Fijian player in the midfield for France is actually born in Auckland, in New Zealand. Yes, yes. There we go. <laughs> well, they're, taking,
3: they're taking players out of New Zealand all the time.
0: The yeah. so this, is a, this is New Zealand raiding the islands again. If, if, if he <laughs> hadn't, <if laughs> hadn't, <if laughs> hadn't gone over there and brought his parents over to play rugby, <laughs> then he would never have be been born in Auckland in the first place.
3: Yeah. Paul, I was about to say, with, with the with, the, with the French, despite, despite the fact that, uh, yes, they don't always play a lot of rugby, and you think back to that game this morning, Ireland had most of the ball. In the first half, and but the French just showed they had two opportunities, and boy, some of the tries, that the some of the tries they scored, talk about pretty to watch, really really yeah good. yeah good tries, good offloading, good I mean tries. To, I mean to say the try that was scored uh, by Intermec uh, from the Dupont uh, when he just got it before he got taken to the touch, what a good try that was, and in those two halves, boy, they've got a couple of, they're building a nice uh, well a, a couple of real world class. Halfback back and, and first five combination and uh boy a pretty grunty sort of forward pack but i just like the first oh,
0: instinct from tuono france over. always has france always has nasty players up front yeah now grunty yeah real grill, yeah 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 but yeah, but, but yeah grunty and nasty i mean yeah. <laughs> um yes. but it's it's one of these um I've gone blank is what I was going to say now That's oh, right that's,
3: no, no that's okay that was listen very impressive and, and and they can only get Get better. They'll probably regret that round four loss to Scotland at Murrayfield. I, uh, yeah. I think it. I, I think it was that was pretty much the one that cost them. Because if you probably look at them, they yeah, they probably they'll probably feel they they missed a trick. But listen, full credit credit to Eddie Jones and and England for coming back and uh, and taking it taking it out when it mattered.
0: So yeah. um, question, i have got. they're a young team that are going to lose the, the odd game like that against Scotland. Um, because, yeah, they they, they, are, they they do rely at moments on moments. I mean, that's what I was going to talk about. Um, a couple of years ago, after, uh, there, there used to be a lot, of, a, lot of this, a lot of talk around the All Blacks around, oh, look, they've only had 30, 40% of possession, but they've won the game by X amount. You only need lots of possession if you're going to take 23 phases to score a try. If you're scoring your tries off turnover ball um, or off first phase, you don't need that much possession to score a lot of points. Um, and that's what that's what they've got. They've, they've got those moments of brilliance at the moment, so they can score quickly. Um, and so possession becomes something that isn't that actually significant a um, a stat when you're talking about someone like France.
2: This, so just going back to like um, Simon's just mentioned Ireland and I think Wales as well. What's going What's going on there? Because you'd have to say Ireland the way they played today, and obviously Wales' result against Scotland, where I've gone down to Scotland. There's some issues there in Welsh and Irish rugby. Um, and things are going to be looking a little bit harder in terms of what the papers are saying for um, our friend Mr. Pivak uh, coaching Wales as well.
0: Pivak's in trouble. Um,
2: <laughs> That's
0: blunt. Absolutely. And the, the big <laughs> question here is um, look, well, look, following Gatland in an, an unprecedented um, length of service for Wales and an unprecedented level of, or 60s. Since, what, 60s Ish. Um the, the Wales have not had such a good team. To follow that up was always going to be difficult. To follow that up and then change the style of play, which is what Pivak's trying to do. He has a very different, very much more expansive um, style of play uh, than Wales. Um, sorry, than, than Gatland. And you've got to say that um, that is going to take time. Um, and also, is that a style that works? When you have less time and less and more pressure at international level, um, perhaps, perhaps he doesn't have the capital to do it at that level. Um, and we'll have to so, um, yeah, he's time will tell. Uh, time will, well, I'm not sure time will, I don't know if he's only to yet time because I don't think, um, uh, what is he on now? S- seven, seven losses or something on the trot, seven, eight losses, I mean, they've not won since the Rugby World Cup, I think. So, he's, right, I'm, I'm not sure he's won a game, or if he has won a game, like what well, I think he might, he might I think maybe he'd beat the Barbarians. Kind of thing. Um, so he's got it. So um, yeah, if he he probably has this. Uh, he probably has what four games during the rugby champ, during the uh, autumn rugby championship, whatever they're calling it, or the autumn nations cup or something. Um, to um, to get a couple of wins in. Otherwise, he is uh, yeah, you're going to say Can't... he could be out by the Six Nations. Wow. Look,
3: looking, looking forward to that. I mean, it's, these teams have had a couple of uh, obviously. Guinness Premiership games under their belt so they should they should have at least some sort of combinations going Paul, listen, there's announce, an announcement just getting away from rugby made by Boris Johnson today with, with regards to COVID and restrictions. Did you catch up with that in terms of what's
0: going on? No, I, I, I did see that he had, uh, that obviously that uh, France went into lockdown towards the end of last week um, England did overnight or, or this morning um, I, I saw that as I mentioned that English Premier League so the football was allowed to continue um although I didn't see I didn't see any references to, to the rugby mm.
3: yeah going to be interesting to see how this all uh, all plays out we listen, we're blessed down here that we we're, we're, we're still getting rugby and, and crowds and even as, as like... Yeah, even at the Bleederslow last night, even though it was it, it was restricted and the wet night it was still to see was still good to see some sort of crowd there. I reckon about twenty thousand, twenty thousand and a hundred thousand seat stadium, though doesn't look great.
0: <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> hey, yeah. it. you understand yeah, they're, they're all social distanced. It's yeah, groups of what is it, four or five, and then you gotta have yeah, surrounded. Um so they're they're still doing that in Australia. Uh, whereas yeah, over here we can uh, uh, we, we we can we can have people sat next to each other at Eden Park and um and still only fill um, a tenth of the ground.
2: <laughs> hey, um, I was I just uh, talking about Wayne Pivak. I went looking to see how many games he's lost since being Wales coach and came up with an article where they've got a quote from uh, Andy Nickel, who's obviously um, uh, providing some sort of comments, uh, former Scotland player. And he says, basically, um, for um, Wayne Pivak to follow Warren Gatland is like um, – uh, David Moyes following after Alex Ferguson at Manchester United, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which yeah. basically sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> oh look, it's, he's, it's, he's having as much success as Moyes as well. <laughs> yeah, I look. It, it,
0: it's it's a real tough tough ask to follow, but even but um, but yeah, he's in. I say, he's, he's, I think he's in. He's, he's in trouble.
2: Trouble at Mill.
0: The. <laughs> Trouble down to mill, down mill, not not trouble at mill. Trouble um, <laughs> down mill. If you're not careful, I'll have to get my mum to do another um uh, another pronunciation thing. Um, Simon <laughs> does make a good point here that there are that, that there are players where, where in, in the Southern Hemisphere um you'll see a clear out or players will that will, will sort of disappear after every World Cup in um uh, in, in Britain if they can survive for two seasons, Someone like Alwyn Jones, for example. He's stuck around for two more seasons for, for a Lions tour. I can't see Alwyn Jones going to, the, to go into the 2023 Rugby World Cup, really, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, you do have players sticking around perhaps a little bit uh, later beyond their
2: sell-by date. Um, and speaking of him, 149 tests overtaking yep, yep. Richie broke, broke the record. That's it. Well done, sir. Yep. <laughs> Not the way he would have wanted to celebrate. No. No. True. Very true.
3: Paul, just before just before we wrap it up, you know, it's strange seeing a lot of these games with with, with crowds, and we know the atmosphere is a is a real big thing for home sides or travelling fans away. Is it does it sort of take something away from those particular teams when they're playing at home?
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, so we have uh, um, oh, game line analytics. Um, ben Darwin um, did some uh, did some research, uh, I, I did some stats. I remember him saying. That for the NRL um that's uh and also also major league soccer was one of these things that teams didn't tend to come back so if you got behind you tended to see bigger blowouts um with when there's no crowd there so yeah that, that definitely there is an element that yeah that, that perhaps teams don't um if they get down they stay down they, they don't get lifted um by the um uh by, by, by the crowd to get back into a game um so yeah so it's uh that's um so I think that's probably part uh, um, part to do with it uh, that, 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 that we'll see there. Um, it makes watching it really strange because some TV companies have done crowd noise better than others. And boy, the BBC haven't got it right. <laughs> or whoever was doing the uh, um, the England game. So I, I did see a bit of that game. Um, was it England game? I think, anyway, yeah, have not got it right. You got cheering at the wrong moment. And you think, you, you, hear, you hear cheering, so you perk up and look at the screen and go, Oh, okay. Nothing's That's happening. What, yeah. um, a little bit so, like yeah, a spaghetti.
3: spaghetti. A weird like to spaghetti. Watch. Um, I was about
0: to say a little bit like watching a spaghetti. Whistle. Spaghetti. Whistle. Yeah. Are <laughs> <laughs> hey, so oh, yeah, just, just, just on the ground? to Tri sports app is on Sky Sports. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, Sky Sports just isn't going to let um, uh, isn't going to let um, Spark get some um, TV rights to international rugby. Is it? And they 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 normally have the November internationals anyway. Also. Um, interesting one here um, is going to be the production around this because uh, Amazon um, have got the rights to the uh, Automations Cup in the UK. Um, so it's going to be interesting. To, and I think they're, they're producing a the show. So the production of the O's games is going to be interesting. Um, and also, yeah, how Amazon um, breaks into has their first um, foray into rugby uh, is going to be interesting
2: that very interesting. Hey, just uh, talking about crowds. Um, Steve, you saw that game at Jerry Collins Stadium. What was the crowd like in the, in the smaller stadium? I and mean, How did hard it work? To, hard they... to know
3: because uh, the, cam- the main camera was sort of operating from the main stand. But it, look, it hit, you could actually feel the atmosphere when you've got a when you've got a crowd inside a smaller stadium. You, you hear a lot of noise, and it was good. You knew there was a was a crowd there. But to be honest, uh, because uh, they got beaten nineteen three. three. They probably didn't have a lot to well, shout. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have a lot
0: to shout about. Also, the weather was pretty poor, I and mean, I, I definitely saw a few people on Twitter going, "I'm glad I didn't bother trying to get to that game because the weather was awful." Um, when I put my interview up, which I'll do after this, with um, Clayton McMillan, he talks about the difference of having a um, a crowd in a small stadium compared to a big stadium and how it can feel much bigger. Um, so we we'll talk about that during our post-match interview. Oh, you want me to close the show out? I thought you. I thought you were. Thought no, you no, no! I was
2: just saying thumbs up for that. That'll be interesting to oh, okay. listen. Yeah. Um,
0: so, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us in the live chat. Always great to have you there. Um, don't forget that. Uh, actually, the uh, the. obviously we love you to like and comment on our shows, but the one thing we would really, really, really ask you to do is hit that share button, folks. Please, please, please hit that share button um, if you have enjoyed yeah. the show. Um, share it with your mates. Um, let other people know. Word of mouth. Just tell them, hey, folks, listen and uh, watch New Zealand Sport Radio. That would be much appreciated. So have a um, a great um, have a great weekend. We'll be back tomorrow morning at seven a.m. with the morning sports briefing. Uh, Monday evening we will have swinging from the hip at eight p.m. Tuesday we'll have the driving wall show, and Thursday Thursday, folks, um, will be um, the standoff. Uh, no basketball, I'm afraid. With the standoff because it's um, uh, State of Origin on Wednesday night and also the American election. But there you go. Um, So uh, we don't want to clash with the American election. Everyone wants to know if Trump wins or not, don't they? Um, But more importantly, we don't want to clash with State of Origin for all you league fans. So um, we'll talk. So join us on Thursday evening, 8 p.m. for the standoff.